social club podcast broadcasting to you live from emo social club tv i am wearing purple and i'm brian and i am also wearing purple but with a, just a little sprinkle of green and lizzie nice this is an audio format so you won't really care what color we're wearing but if you, check, if you catch us on the video you'll know yeah this is the emo social club podcast the podcast about music news rad artists spicy takes on bands spicy we enjoy the, the spicy spice. opinions oh love it uh tonight's episode today's episode this episode features uh our new friend new club member dready snapped uh who is a tiktoker emo hip-hop emo rap producer uh, he's been making a lot of videos on his TikTok about emo history, emo hip hop history. Uh, really, really interesting dude. Really interesting conversation. Uh, we had a an absolute blast talking to him tonight. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out his TikTok, it's just at Dready Snapped, and he just has a lot of really interesting content on there. And the fact that he's also like, yeah, no, these are just people who are migrating into like the new emo format it's something that's not talked about as much and it has to be talked mm-hmm. about a little bit more and it's more blunt and to the point i feel where mm-hmm. it's like no it's just happening and you gotta accept it otherwise you're just gonna hate your time here <laughs> literally trying to break down all the gates that these keepers are trying to keep up uh yeah so we will have that conversation for you in a moment. But before we get into that, Lizzie, what do you got going on this week? So I started in February. It is not only Black History Month, but it is also Music Writer Exercise Month on Twitter. Um, but I decided to do it on TikTok because I wanted to be more complicated. Um, and I get bored easily just <laughs> writing um, a tweet in 150 characters. So if you have an album. That was that 280. You- you know, it's whatever it is. Whatever you it keep is, it Twitter. to one fifty. You're an OG twit. I'm an OG twi- twitler. I'm so s- twitler. I don't like that. An OG. I don't an OG, like that at all, actually. An OG twit. <laughs> Stop. None of this is good. I don't want these two hundred eighty. I don't need the extra. I don't one fifty's fine. <laughs> but it's so much more fun and challenging, at least for me. And if you're into like more multimedia stuff, and you're doing this challenge too. I suggest you try TikTok and see what happens with it. You may get some good responses from it, but I'm posting that up. Um, I was originally going to do it every single day, but I realized I'm tired. So I'm <laughs> going to take um, two days off. So it's going to be basically like a work week, but it's going to be um, my strange work week. So those off days <laughs> are going to be Thursday and Friday. And then Absolutely. my work week goes the rest because I don't work on normal people hours. So be on the lookout for those. weekend off. Take my, my own human, weekend off. My my own fucking weekend off. Yeah, I like that. And um, if you want to like hear a review for a certain album, I had some people send in. Uh, our friend of the pod, Renee, sent me one to do Creepers, Sex, Death, and the Infinite Void because I am a terrible Creeper fan and have not listened to the album in full. It's supposed to be an album or an EP that you've never listened to in full that you review. 
And also that's just kind of hard to do on a day-to-day basis unless you're like kind of thinking ahead. So if you have one, just send us a DM either on TikTok um, at X Emo Social Club X or on Twitter. Same thing. Um, don't hit us up on Facebook. We will not pay attention uh, to it unless it's yeah. like super. You can. You, you can, can. And we'll see you it. Can. But it will be like, can you just email us? Don't email us. I'd rather have an email than a Facebook comment yeah yeah that's, much that's, rather have an email this is oh where we God. are in life we email people and we enjoy the emails <laughs> somehow facebook is more boomer than email <laughs> yeah just let that God. sink in guys this is where what we've gone fucking... as a society and where our media oh convergence has started to disperse that's it's so chaotic uh that's but so that's sad. other than that i'm just hanging i'm vibing Anything else that you are doing this week, Brian? I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to give you a record right now. I'm going to give you a record to do. It's going to be uh, my probably my favorite Bring Me the Horizon record, because I know wow. you haven't listened to any of their older stuff. We're going to uh, get a bunch of Bring Me the Horizon fans if I don't like this good. album as much, and they're going to attack No, you're going to like it. Now, it is. It's, uh, it's their, I guess, third record, fourth record. I don't know where it lines up in their record releases, but um, there is a hell. Believe me, I've seen it. There is a heaven. Let's keep it a secret. That is the full album title. I believe it. Uh, just, Very in line. Go by there the is a hell. Uh, now this is before Ollie started singing with the band, so it's ve- it's all screaming. Um, there is some of the like most like emotional, dramatic music on that record that Bring Me the Horizon has done. And it's it, there's no singing in it, and I think it's incredible. Um, I love for for those listening. I love the rest of their records quite a bit. Uh, that one was just my one of my nostalgia records because I really liked Suicide Season, and then when that came out, I was like, oh shit, you can do this in like so many emotional ways and add in synths and do so much cool shit here. So I'm challenging you to that one, Lizzie. Okay. You, the first person you're gonna have to deal with if you have a bad opinion on it, me. <laughs> anyway I, uh, I, I just wanted to add before you go into that i saw oh. on twitter because there's all these different people doing this exercise and there's been people who have been just like you know the issues i don't do reviews is because everyone just is it's like promo writing it's basically kissing yeah. ass and i don't fucking yeah. do that i don't have time Absolutely or patience not. to do that yeah. and people are still kind of doing it even though it's not really going for a publication and I find it really interesting because I told I put out like a PSA to people. I said, hey, send me, you know, your albums or an artist or an EP you would want me to check out. But if we have worked together in the past for promotion or we have interviewed you on my podcast or we in talks to do interviews, I don't want to review your album because <laughs> that's where the lines get crossed of artist relations because we've seen it happen where, for example, Lizzo got, like, not a great to her Pitchfork review, even though, like, what she got was good in Pitchfork standards because they're themselves. And I don't need an artist to come at us that we've worked with and we have really no other problems with. We're chill otherwise to say, why did you rate my album terribly or not as, you know, good as they would anticipate? Um, and that's one way... You, music writers, music <laughs> journalists, anybody who works in the industry but also works in journalism, uh, separate your work. Yeah. It's like not working with your friends. Yeah. 
Like that's that, that's the big or like living you work with, with your people friends. you work with. You don't want to you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have that at home, too. You don't want to be like, oh, you didn't like my record. That would really help if you liked my record. It's like, I uh, no, I get that. Yeah, I like, totally I mean, if, if we've ever worked together, there's a probably good chance I like your music, but I'm not going to be overly complimentary just because because we've already kind of talked to you and we already want rapport. people to listen to your records <laughs> like we yeah I don't, and, and like you. if you're a small enough band i don't want to be that much of a dick to you either like i i don't want to like not to be a dick give to you. <laughs> any like negative notions about your album because most likely i like it and it's really fucking good but if you know if people are critical about it it can change a lot of people's minds really quick and i don't want to yeah. sabotage that anyway that's what i wanted to say in my two cents <laughs> about I hope it we don't become friends with bring me the horizon in the next week or so I do. Okay, I do sex. hope we do. I do hope we do. I hope we um, do. I could. I could tell him about how one of my old friends I don't talk to anymore in high school named her kid after him. I'm not surprised. I'm sure. No. I'm sure. Ollie, the the longer that band goes on and the more like popular they get, the more children are named Ollie. There was somebody after I did our our first viral TikTok video. It was it had framing Hanley in it, and somebody's like, "I named my daughter Hanley." And I yeah, said, I saw that, me. and I'm like, "Uh oh." Well, okay. I mean, it's but a cute like, name. It's name a cute name. Child Hanley. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "All right, you that's could be cute. that millennial parent naming your kid Hanley if you Some, want." That's not somebody also said like, "I named my daughter <laughs> Hannah after Kill Hannah." I'm like, "All right, that's yeah. that's okay," because Hannah was spelled without the H at the end. I'm like, "All right, it's not the yeah. full blown thing." It's not it the whole works. thing. I did it's see a little bit less. I will say I saw somebody I used to go to high school with. I wasn't really friends with them. We're just acquaintances. They just had a kid. They named the kid Riot, but it's R-H-Y-E-T-T. Don't do that. No. <laughs> just name the kid Riot and spell it the normal way oh, and call just, it a day. Put a Y in there oh. instead of an I. Don't do I had to like sound it out and I was like looking at it for a hot second and I was like, what is this? I'm like, why can't I figure this out phonetically? It shouldn't be that hard. It should him, not be that hard. Give him a normal name. Stop fucking around with names, What dude. was funny, too, is one of my really good friends from high school, um, they're transitioning, and they were like, oh, I'm trying to think of, like, a new middle name. And I sent mm. it to him, and I said, you can consider this now. And he was like, absolutely oh, fucking God. not. <laughs> oh, God. Hell yeah. Anyway, what have I got going on this week? Uh... Uh, you know, the normal streams. Friday, Saturday night are DJ nights, 6 p.m. Chicago time, emosocialclub.tv. Um, we are doing our album plays on Friday night. We do votes in the Discord. And uh, we have a theme night and a power hour on Saturdays, uh, which are announced in our Discord and also over on our Facebook. There are events you can join if you need to be notified when we go live. You can also just follow us on Twitch at emosocialgo.tv. Always be linking. Always be throwing links into your uh, your your posts. I don't know. Um, I, the, the most chaotic night. I have um, no idea why yeah, we had we're, it. We're, we're, we're having it, a conversation. It, it we're hanging out. We're listening to good music. We're talking really good stuff. We had a great Russian the next, night the next day. Week, or, and it was fucking weird. Uh, so I don't know if we, if we did something there. We might have done it was something so good. there. <laughs> it was so good. It was great. 
I hope we did. It was great. Uh, it was honestly a lot of fun. Um, there will be recap videos on our YouTube. If I say it here, that means I have to make them. So there will be yeah. recap videos up on YouTube of our worry. DJ you, you streams. If you want to check out what those entry, are like before up, you come, like, try it before you buy it. The music here. isn't there because it's DMCA and claimed, and I'm not going to get in trouble. Um, yeah. Just show up. Show up. This is crazy. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see you there, and uh, we'll hang out with you then. And as always, we're doing the uh, podcast recordings every Thursday night on Twitch as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. And uh, thanks for listening to this long intro. And without further ado, here is our interview with Dreddy Snapped. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from Emo Social Club TV. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we want to give a warm welcome to our 100th guest episode <laughs> to Dreddy Snap. He is a emo trap producer and pretty TikToker and does like a lot of really cool shit, basically. So welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Happy to be here, guys. I'm ecstatic to be the 100th. That's a milestone. I'll have to put that on my resume. Right. <laughs> I was the 100th guest on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get to uh, talking to you, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself, uh, what you do? Uh, we we both know what you do pretty well, and I'm really excited to have a conversation with yeah. you. But for our guests, uh, for our, for our friends out there, uh, what are you known for? What are you? What do you? What do you do? Yeah, so people know me. Well, now shit, people know me for my TikTok probably more than anything else, which is crazy to me. Uh, my background is I've played pop punk most of my life, like probably a lot of people that watch your show. Mm -hmm. uh, I played in the you know, pop punk cover bands in high school and like jam with friends in college. And then actually was in a pretty serious pop punk band and cover band uh, in 2019 and 2020 called never say die. And then right around uh, six months before the pandemic, I had picked up uh, Ableton live and started playing around with production software. And uh, for a couple of years now, I've been following the whole emo rap scene pretty closely uh, and just realized more and more that that kind of not only jived with my musical interests, but it also became a pretty viable uh, way to make money through music and, and a much easier path to become uh, a musical personality as far as being a solo artist, producing trap beats and emo trap beats rather than being in a band, um, which as a lot of you guys know, being in a band presents inherent challenges just like anything else but mm -hmm. um i just decided to be a little bit easier um and then i think the the pandemic was sort of like straw that broke the camel's back it just made it a lot easier to tell my bandmates hey guys like go ahead and replace me because i'm getting a lot of traction uh, i'm getting a lot of good feedback with the songs i'm putting out as a solo artist and uh yeah i've been selling beats online full time i quit my job in september uh so it's all very new and then uh I've been on TikTok for about nine months and I've actually had like a following on TikTok for like six weeks. So this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's where we first uh, first found you was was through there. Yeah. Through TikTok. I was fired up when I got that email too. I was like, just like yes, TikTok is working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly like for me. <laughs> yeah. Like we were talking before we started recording here. Like that's basically the same for us is like we um we we decided to join TikTok, which was awful for me. <laughs> like I'm like, 
I feel like I'm a hundred years old. Uh, just, just every day. doing things every it's, it's <laughs> the worst. It, it like imposter syndrome to the max of just like watching yeah. people. And you know, everybody just says like, Oh, it's all about like, um, like, pe like, like hot people doing dances or like, uh, yeah. like all this shit. And I'm like, well, clearly it is what it is for you. Like the algorithm is good enough that it shows you what you're interested in. So yeah, like such a good rebuttal. I'll tell that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and which I'm like, I like, I have a friend who's like, yeah, all I see is like hot girls dancing all day. And it's like, I mean, you know why you're seeing that. It's because yeah. that's what you're interacting with. That's what you want to see. That's uh, so funny. I literally just don't get any dancing. I mean, I don't say I don't get any dancing content, but it's so easy to manipulate the algorithm. It's not even mm -hmm. manipulating. It's just like, I like what I like. And then all of a yeah. sudden within a week or two, you end up on niche big brother has been watching what you like type vibes, but at least yeah. it's good content. That's very curated to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. uh, Lizzie is our TikToker of our group <laughs> of our two people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, see you just... on TikTok, bro. It's, it's all Lizzie. I know. I know. I I've been telling him to get up on there. I said, Hey, here's some ideas. I think, you know, you can Lizzie's do it on though. your own. Lizzie's to be fair. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, For you me... just gotta get yourself outside your comfort zone, bro. I know. I know. I really do. Uh, for me, like being, you know, I, I, first of all, like I have been telling a lot of people, like basically exactly what you said is like, it's so much harder to be in a band. And, uh, Finn McKenzie actually talks about this on his thing. It's like, people yeah. don't really care about bands anymore. Like they want one person that they can focus all their attention on. And being yeah. the one person making music is just so much easier and I'm like, well, we have two people. We should just split up our responsibility. And like, you're a TikTok person and I'm our YouTube person and like that kind of stuff. Sometimes I watch Finn so religiously. I wonder if I'm caught in an echo chamber of his rhetoric, <laughs> but like everything he says makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you follow all of his shit closely, then obviously you know what he said about emo rap mm -hmm. uh, and just like how how easy it is to operate as a solo artist. And then, you know, as soon as he started like talking about like the things that MGK has been right about, the things that MGK has done to be successful in today's uh, pop culture landscape mm -hmm. and the things that he says that are just very like objective, just about bands and how bad their social media presence has been. And that's where I was just like, Oh, I guess he's kind of right. And I guess my band, you know, it's just four people in the band. There's one Instagram account. So there's like, no one's going to like grind super hard at social media because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, there's just multiple points of failure. So it, you can like push that off to someone else or say someone else is going to need to do it. Uh, and I was just, it was just really identifying with everything he was saying that bands struggle with. So mm -hmm. that's where I was just like, all right, let's see what I can do on my own. I've noticed too, like if you uh, if you shine your personality on things, it's just so much more like something that people want to be a part of. Like I don't follow band accounts and go, oh, I love this band account. I follow the people of the band and I engage with their stuff. And it's like that's that's yeah. where it breaks down. It's like I like the people in the band but the band is not a real entity. So I can't like identify with it in that way. That's where I think TikTok. it's like, 
because I talk to uh, the artists that I produce for, the singers and rappers that I produce for the most closely, I'm always just like, guys, like, I'm not some like special personality. I've just like worked my ass off on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I've just like consumed enough content to kind of figure out what I think will work. And I, I shoot a lot of shots. Like, it's just, it's not me. It's the app is actually just that easy. Uh, it's not easy, but it's, it's doable to kind of mm-hmm. blow up. So I tell them like, it's not a new phenomenon that people are interested in personalities and charisma more than the actual music. Mm-hmm. That's always been the case. <laughs> like you got to figure out how to connect with your fan base and be bigger than just the songs you're putting out. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of like people haven't really wrapped their head around that yet. And maybe like a year or two from now, people will have learned that. But I think people are like learning that like in real time right now. So that's what I want to like instill with any artists that I'm working with. Absolutely. I think when it comes to like being personable, it's just so difficult because I've seen a lot of other bands or people who are in bands start to hop on TikTok, for example, but all they're doing is just pulling old clips and it's not any personalized content that mm-hmm. they're putting out there. And it's like, well, you have a kind of, this is like a big one way like street that you can get directly to a fan or a fan could get directly to you and kind of see mm-hmm. more into like who you are personally and give them a deeper meaning of the music or the band, whatever it is that they really enjoy and like, and they just don't seem to grasp that concept. And it's always, it's been really interesting to see how that's been kind of changing very slightly, but it's yeah. even with like, I've seen a lot of labels do the same thing. They're just like, Oh, here's a throwback to the show. Like from two years ago, remember when we had shows, but they're not putting out any other type of content and it's, they're wondering why they aren't getting more people. Mm. Yeah, that's there's so much to unpack there. Like people are, <laughs> you know, you can just. I saw a TikTok that was just like, "Hey, here's my advice to any struggling musician that's trying to get traction on TikTok. What do you like to see? Like, well, what have been your favorite things that you've seen from other musicians? It's usually not like, here's me playing a song. It's it's something creative. It's like it. it so, and I had to learn this the hard way. Like when I got on TikTok, I, I took six months to get to 200 followers. And uh, it's because I was just like doing what all the other producers were doing and all the other guitar players were doing. Uh, I was just like, here's me playing like this type of beat, uh, this beat that sounds like this artist, a type beat. Uh, and then, you know, th- that's what I see on TikTok. I see a lot of that. So I was just like, okay, let me do that. Let me assimilate. Mm-hmm. And it, I did, I got, like I said, I got 150 followers that way more than some people but uh as soon as i like i I went back to portland for christmas and i didn't have my speakers uh so i couldn't do any sort of like producer content so i was just like maybe i'll just like talk about music to the camera i don't know like i I, i'm kind of like scraping to figure out what i'm going to do this whole Mm. week that i'm home and uh i was just talking about like 30 years of like the evolution of what emo kids listen to and that's what made me go from 200 followers to 10,000 followers. Yeah. And like, no, I guess no one had ever talked about that, which is weird <laughs> to me. Cause it's just like, I'm, I'm literally just talking about all the bands that we used to listen to and all the like emo rappers that are popular now. But the thing is people are like pretty simple to please on TikTok. If you talk about an artist that they like, boom, they're just going to hit. Double <laughs> tap, so it's that 
yeah talk about something they like and they're like oh hell yeah let me let me follow this guy forever yes, it's, i need it's to so stay on follow boy tiktok so yeah like that. <laughs> there we go <laughs> it's so interesting but it's like yeah I, i've noticed with like even all-time lows like uh the the fucking um it's the not Dear a phase challenge. it's not a phase yeah. mom yeah and it's like yeah why is this blowing up and it's literally just a guy singing a song in his car but now everybody's doing it the band made a t-shirt out of it the band did it themselves like it literally is just like oh i heard a song that i like so therefore i'm having a great time here on tiktok i didn't know maybe i was under a rock like i i was born in 93 so i think i was a like a little bit old for mm. all-time low uh I didn't realize they were like that popular. I thought that like a lot of other bands were, were more popular and connected with like the emo alternative scene more, but I don't know. I just didn't meet any all time low fans in high school. <laughs> yeah, I met them all later in life. Yeah. Yeah. It was like definitely more underground. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was born in like late 94, but like a lot of my friends really like nothing personal, but it wasn't probably till I got to like college where they were like, mm -hmm. yeah, all time low. I'm like, Oh, there are people like this, these like, you know, three albums. Not yeah. any of the new stuff, but the three out the first three albums. <laughs> I thought yeah, everybody I was know. just referencing a newfound glory lyric. And they were. It was just, you know, for a band. <laughs> How many bands got started referencing a newfound glory lyric? Like Bruh, so many. So many. <laughs> the, the story so far. Uh so fucking many. Newfound Glory is like so much more influential than I will ever want to give them credit for. <laughs> I know. Uh my band we were like like i was like the big blink fan in the band and mm -hmm. my singer was like i could take her to leave it blink but like nfg like that was oh, wow. his jam and <laughs> i was just like really i always just felt the opposite like nfg like maybe you know definitely one of the bands i like but never like on that elite tier but yeah. they definitely have like that like stand base for sure so weird to me i just never hit i like i'm a little bit older i'll say my age too because i'm How old, old. <laughs> uh, i turned 34 in a week so okay so you lived through it dude come on i lived through it i survived yeah, he was there he was alive during the entire time i have to ask him be like how was it during the days to yeah, you were there for the whole trl shit dude i was there i was i was uh and like now i don't really remember trl to be honest my band is uh, talking about it they're older than me I hated it until I saw like Hawthorne Heights and Mike Hem on it and then was like, oh, I guess this is the place to be now, fucking Carson. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, like I never really watched it unless they were on and I still like didn't really like it because I was edgy and angry and more black all the time. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, my, my bands are on there. I don't like that. Uh, yeah. But eventually I stopped being a, a gatekeeping little asshole and <laughs> grew up and I'm like, no, bands are great. Music is great. And I'm, I'm like, this uh, this music that I grew up with is like, this is the thing that's going to last for me, which is why I totally get that everybody is like super into it now because they're like, yeah. oh, I remember that. Like elder millennials like me are like, oh, my childhood, it's on the internet. <laughs> I just, yeah, I remember, I say this all the time in TikTok comments. I was just, yeah, I really reflect on the 2000s. Like we, we just like hated a lot of bands mm -hmm. like yeah. we just like oh that band i'm gonna make fun of every person that likes that band mm -hmm. and like this band uh i do kind of like them and i have to keep that to myself like and there's just like not that no one worries about that now i love it <laughs> it's actually better now because we don't have to worry about that stuff exactly like i used to be like oh my god fucking hate green day for american idiot they should have always <laughs> made music like dookie yeah. it's just like 
why the fuck would I think like that? Like, just let a, <laughs> let a band evolve. Like, you shouldn't put out the same album 10 years after a previous album. But yeah. that was literally the way I thought when I was 15. So, of um, course. Yeah. And I, I think you, you have a lot of those people in the comments, too, though. Like, I like mm. how you call them dinosaurs because I find that very <laughs> hilarious, honestly. That <laughs> was just. Them out. I was just, I hadn't even had my coffee yet. And I saw that comment. I was just, my brain wasn't even working, but I was just like, oh, I literally haven't seen anyone say that pop punk not that like we could discuss whether or not pop punk is punk but like i haven't heard someone go out of their way on the internet to be like hey you you better not say that pop punk is punk it's i was like it's been 12 years since i heard someone do that so i had to Hmm. roast them for that (laughs) good i was very like no one can listen to evanescence but me (laughs) <laughs> no one and then they were you like can have them dude i don't know any evanescence songs besides i <laughs> love evanescence but like okay. <laughs> in high school like there were some like popular kids that like enjoyed a couple evanescence songs and they like played it one time and i was around and i was like no you can't it's mine <laughs> and i'm like and now i look back and i go fuck that asshole that i was like no everybody should enjoy everything and everybody everything they like who cares like anything else just enjoy it just have fun with music yeah yeah i'm glad we all reached that point i do see a little bit of that with some of these uh some of these rappers and emo rappers nowadays Mm -hmm. and i think all their fans are you know under the age of 20 like we're describing how we used to be yeah they'll they'll grow (laughs) out of it they'll be fine but yeah I think what do you it's think? Because oh. I, I think it's more because that they're telling us we can't wear skinny jeans anymore, and they're really mad mm. that they can't do it. Mm. That they mm. have to wear like basically like the bell bottom boot cut jeans oh, no. to try to establish dominance. But really, we have the dominance because <laughs> our <laughs> jeans are not wet. <laughs> the older do you wear bell bottoms? I haven't seen that. Yeah, there's a bunch. Like that's like the new trend. It's kind of like, hey, oh, guess God. what? I'm back in the '70s. And, no, like, that was when I was in high school. Those are the pants when I was in high school. I can't say I've seen that at all. <laughs> it's not a good look. I think it's just yeah. people get older and they're like, ah, oh, shit, my skinny jeans don't fit. I got to get new jeans. <laughs> I got to yeah, get jeans I can just, breathe in. <laughs> maybe that's a Midwest thing. We don't have that in the West Coast. At least it not might here. be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Midwest, we have no idea what we're doing. Um, I want to, I want to, uh, I want I want to ask about the um, like the gatekeeping in the emo rap community because I know, and this is another Finn McKenty thing, is like. A lot of it is people who are a bit gatekeepy about like, well, emo is this and emo is that and emo is not hip hop and all of these artists who are using it and and rapping and all these younger kids that are like kind of co-opting, not my words, their words, but uh, like taking from this genre and making it uh, into their own. They're like very just unhappy about it, I, I would say. Most of them don't like it. And a lot of them are arguing with Finn on all of his shit. And he's like, no, these guys are, are the future here. These guys are going to be making music into the future. You're yeah. not. And I, I'm so excited to like, see their brains are going to explode here in the next two years with what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not, there is gatekeeping, but it's coming from people that are our age, not Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Gen Z has been like, like they've lived through a different era of the internet than we have. Uh, I think that's been most seen by like the artists that they grew up in experienced like full functioning internet, like their entire youth. Mm -hmm. So like the artists that we grew up with 
uh, like grew up without the internet and then for the birth of the internet. Mm. And I think what that, like the evolution has been like the artists that millennials grew up with only liked one style of music or like definitely had like one specific lane. And that's why like early 2000s music is like, you either like really like pop punk. And if you did, you probably weren't fucking with 50 cent super heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you really correct. liked 50 cent young Jeezy, like you probably weren't listening to all American rejects. That is correct. So <laughs> I remember I those think, exact arguments yeah, back yeah. in high school. And, uh, it just sort of evolved and everything sort of met in the middle recently uh, with like, you know, hip hop becoming more and more melodic and then some like the lyrical hip hop heads or they're just not a fan of like, I don't know if you guys, I, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out how far you guys have like, dip your feet into the melodic hip hop territory over the course of this conversation. Yes. But, uh, but basically like I was, uh, I entered college in 2012. So whether or not I wanted to, I was going to these parties where, where hip hop was playing. And actually mm-hmm. I did really get into hip hop in college. Mm-hmm. So I think that made me more keen on the emo rap stuff. And I think a lot of people who really like emo don't, have a huge affinity for hip hop, which is totally mm. cool. But what they're going to see here, if they haven't seen it already, it's going to be really hard to ignore how people that are like branded as rappers are making awesome punk music. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be like, <laughs> it's like, like you, I think MGK is going to get a ton of credit here in the next couple of years, even if he's controversial today. Mm. Um, but it, it kind of started with like Lil Uzi just started to make more melodic rap. And then I heard, I found out about Lil Peep in 2017. It took me a little while. I think the word emo rap didn't start bubbling up, at least to me, until 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by 2018, I was just like, wait a minute. Like, the the Peep stuff, like Juice World, this is a lot closer to pop punk than it is, uh, yeah. like, early 2000s rap. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually not for fans of rap. It's for, like, I, I just saw on TikTok yesterday this teenage girl with hair that was dyed like black on one side and red on the other side. And she had this like studded choker and just totally like emo scene looking chick. And like, okay. So in the two thousands, what music is she listening to? Probably Hawthorne Heights or, you know, my chemical romance, or maybe like bring me the horizon or something, mm-hmm. but she's doing a juice world lip sync. I mean, that, that's, that is the best way I can explain what has shifted in music. Yeah. Uh, the people that are making melodic, uh, angsty lyrics that teenagers can relate to and will like carry with them for like the rest of their life. The, the quote unquote rappers are doing a better job of that than the emo bands. I think the emo bands are just like, I think it comes back to the charisma piece. I haven't seen a lot of like, uh, charismatic frontmans come out of bands. Not that there hasn't been charismatic frontmans, but like from 2014 to 2019, like none of those bands resonated with me enough to pull me away from the really interesting hip hop I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes down to personalities more so than like, are you playing a guitar and an acoustic drum set? Yeah. No, totally. What do you, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Like, honestly, like I, I, I very much don't like a lot of new music, uh, but I've been really into, and, and you sent us a playlist, uh, that I, I got into and I'm like, this is a lot yes. of, like, there's a lot of songs I know, 
that are are in the emo hip hop world. Uh, obviously, like Juice World is from Chicago, so it was big here uh, yeah. when he started to break out. Um, you guys uh, Garden. have a shit ton of my favorite music is out of Chicago. It's yeah, it's we we sad are like place. this weird <laughs> capital, but nobody ever wants to come here to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I, like everyone's I mean, like, got to get out of here. So let me I get do, I do want to get If I if I go to the Midwest in the next couple of years, I definitely want to come out to Chicago. But Hell yeah. um, my favorite art, like in my top 10 artists of all time, you would, I, I think I have three Chicago artists in my top 10. I have Juice Roll, Fall Out Boy, and Kanye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if Fall Out Boy is definitely in the top three <laughs> Chicago yeah. artists. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of the music that, I got into that aren't basically just the same bands and the same songs I've been listening to for my entire life. You know, it's like the only artists that really interest me and the only artists that are really like exciting to me are those artists. Uh, I, well, this is a joke that Lizzie and I have where basically like I'll hear an artist and I'll go, Lizzie, I don't know. Is this good? Can you tell me if this hits? And she'll go, yeah, yeah it hits. And I'm like, okay, good. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to know uh you, you need her to tell you <laughs> i need her yeah. i need it i can't i don't trust myself um i sent we'll get, her a song there, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i sent her a song by an artist called breakance who yeah like i heard of, I, I found like i i just walk uh i would walk like during the warmer months here because now you can't walk anywhere because it snows constantly apparently uh but i would walk to like target and just put on spotify on shuffle like i find a song i like uh, and I just go shuffle that, like just play me a bunch of stuff. And Breakins like came up and I was like, oh, I really like this. Let me just listen to this record over and over and over again. It became yeah. one of my like top five most played artists of 2020 in like three months. It was like, Dude, I just really like this. That's kind of a flex by you. It shows you're trendy because I didn't really know <laughs> about Breakins, but I posted a TikTok and I like asked my followers to get involved and just like shout out, like, who do you think? is going to have like serious exponential growth on Spotify mm. in 2021. And then I like assembled like the list of the winners of the poll and Breakins was like up there. And I was just like, who the mm. hell is this Breakins guy? But uh, it's all the Gen Z people that follow me on TikTok that are like, yo, Breakins, Breakins, Breakins. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I see it. Anyone who's like in the hyper pop realm is yep. going to have a big year. The 100 Gex and Breakins. <laughs> Yeah, hundred gecks are gonna they're gonna keep growing. Uh, yeah. It's that's a, I I don't know if I like love their music that much, but <laughs> it's uh it's innovative. I think it's, it's like it's so much cooler <laughs> to make innovative music in a time where it's like easier to make innovative music. Yeah, um, I think the twenty twenties are gonna be like a really cool decade for music. We are in a little bit of a transition period right now. Like I I, I think. Like the year 2020 wasn't an amazing year for albums, but like everyone was trying a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just think like it's going to like flesh out and it's going to mature in the next year or two. Yeah, I think um, in one of your emo genre breakdown charts, you kind of say every generation deserves their own emo. And I think that's kind of what all of this mm-hmm. has culminated into and is yeah. going to move towards. Because, like you'd mentioned earlier, we have so much gatekeeping that happens with our generation. Because it's like, oh, I've even seen ones where people were saying, you know, we were bullied in high school for this. Like, you can't just dress like how you want to dress and not listen to the music and listen yeah. to like, Juice World. And I'm like, <laughs> one, I haven't heard this argument since I was in high school in t- 2011, 2012. 
Second, um, it's it's so far past you. It shouldn't really concern you. It's kids having their own new, unique style and vibe. And this is like what is new and what the kids like, basically. And it's in the vein, the same type of spirit and energy. It's just yeah. not like the same like bunch of like five pop punk dudes or emo dudes coming in doing the same shit different day and like keeping on with that type of rhetoric for you know 10 plus years they're trying something new and mm. different and even yeah. when a lot of like you know pop punk and emo bands that we like who are still active try to switch it up like when Fall Out Boy started putting rappers in some of their songs we're like this is fucking terrible why would they do that and then it's mm. like well what do you what do you expect they have to try something new and then also this is what you know they're seeing if people enjoy and what they personally enjoy yeah I think um, I think about this a lot like I think I've done a good job of explaining why emo rap is cool and like uh, the next iteration of pop punk but like the reason why I personally like it even more than pop punk at this stage in my life is like when I was like really into pop punk, I, I was just like this angsty teenager. I didn't have like a lot of like confidence or grasp on how to navigate life. So I think like simple plan lyrics actually like resonated with me. Cause it's just <laughs> like, and like, you know, if you guys like the descendants, like a lot of those like lyrics are pretty just like, Oh, I'll do anything to get a girlfriend like that. Just kind of, that's just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. and then like that, and then you have like the completely opposite end of the spectrum is like early two thousands rap is just like, Oh, I have all this money. Like I'm a savage. Like, uh, and it just doesn't really like resonate with, uh, most listeners, mm -hmm. um, unless you really aspire to have that. But that's where like, I feel like emo rap is just like, look, I am not like a, total loser like i have some lyrics about like I, I do cool shit but like there are depressing themes here that i definitely want to discuss and i think that's where like that it's almost like a goldilocks zone of relatability mm. for me where it's like these themes it's not perfect like you know there's there you could talk about the problematic nature of like all the glorification of pills that happened fortunately that was only a couple of years ago it's kind of died down now but mm -hmm. I think like aside from that, I think a lot of the lyrics are really relatable and that's kind of why Juice World has blown up or did blow up um, to the level that he has. Uh, and a lot of the emo rap stuff really resonates with a lot of people. You just reminded me, it's like how people with like, not to general, general, uh, you know, uh, give everybody a label, but like people who suffer from depression and all that, that probably got into a lot of these bands back in, back in the day are yeah. now hearing that like, that effect of like i both feel inferior to everybody and superior to like everybody <laughs> so it's like that idea of like combining the superiority that you 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 feel from like hip-hop world and then also the inferiority you feel from emo world and being like i feel both simultaneously how do i deal with this feeling and emo rap kind of hits both in a certain yeah. way where you're like i'm doing really well but i'm also really struggling to do basic shit <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I've talked about this on TikTok before. It's like I think about the the hip hop instrumentals and the trap instrumentals that were really popular in the the middle of the 2010s, and like that was actually like the ha like one of the happiest times in my life was like the year 2015. I was like a senior in college, um, and like and then I was still listening to that a lot when I worked my first job out of college, and it was a sales job. So I just was like driving to work every day, like getting pumped up to just like make sales. And I was always listening, always listening to trap music. It just kind of made me feel like 
you know, a lot of confidence because yeah. it just reminded me of like all these like parties where I was happy and confident with myself. So like the, the hip hop drums and trap instrumentals are like always like, they make me excited. They make me confident. They make me like, feel like I can, uh, you know, navigate life. And then also like the melodies are finally, they've reached a point in emo rap where it's just, they just, they just sing like pop punk kids. It's yep. just, and that's just, that's the apex. That's like pop punk melodies, pop punk vocal melodies and pop punk lyrical themes are just the apex of music to me. They always will be. So the fact that they're intersecting, I think is really cool. And it what make, it's what makes it special for me to like finally like learn music production and make this type of music and involve my guitar and like work with other singers that want to make this type of music. So it's a really cool, it's a really exciting time in music. Uh, yeah. there's really never been a moment like this before. <laughs> At least there's something good that came out of all this, you know? Sorry. I then with, with that, I kind of wonder how do you feel about while this is kind of discontinued for now, the whole yellow card versus juice world debacle with that yeah. sampling or you know taking whatever anybody really wants to call it um it's just still pretty shitty that yellow card just put it on hold um but how do you feel about that entire thing because i listened to the original song they cited hollywood died by yellow yeah. card yeah and then lose the dreams and i can hear it but it's very loose it sounds more like sampling to me at least um but i'm wondering what right. you kind of think about that they uh i didn't know, i actually gave them the benefit of the doubt i thought that it was their label pressing forward with charges um independently of what the band thinks about the situation of suing a deceased rapper uh and then Finn McKenty pointed out in one of his videos yeah. that like that they, they are labeled as plaintiffs, so you can't give them the benefit of the doubt. They actually yeah. like felt it would be a cash grab. Um and yeah, it's it's not a good look. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's Especially terrible. for like they could have easily just been like, uh, hey, let's just uh do a collab song and then we'll be relevant mm -hmm. and you get to work with a band that you probably like. Yeah. Uh that would have been a win win situation, but instead they decided to sue him. I so, don't know why they wanted to throw away their career on that. <laughs> like, I mean, what is a it, reunion going to be for, for yellow card now? What is it well, going to be when they come I back? Saw, and... I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do a reunion. I saw their last show at warp tour. Mm. Uh, actually, uh, frequently, like I grew up in Portland, Oregon. So like for the last couple of years uh, that I went to warp tour, like Portland was always the last stop. So a lot of these bands were like, this is our last time of the summer. <laughs> so I actually saw the last, I saw the last Warped Tour performance at Ocean Avenue, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm never going to like hate, hate Yellow Card. Like, you know, everyone, like obviously it was a, a lapse in judgment on their part. Really bad look. Mm. But, you know, people make mistakes and they're definitely one of my favorite bands ever. <laughs> Very fair. I, I did want to talk a bit about the influences, the influences and like where you think like a lot of this stuff comes from. Cause I know when you sent over the playlist, you were like, like the playlist has a lot of bands and obviously like, you know, Mike Hem, Fall Out Boy, yeah. uh, uh, Lincoln Park was in there. I was like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, 
do you, do you draw any like direct distinctions and we can get into like a Jerry Finn conversation here. Cause I fucking yeah. loved your take on Jerry Finn, but like, yeah. where do you see these like direct correlations between where like the bands we used to listen to and the things from that into uh, the music that we're hearing today? Like maybe if somebody does like that music, but hasn't heard a lot of emo rap, like mm. what would it be that would maybe influence them to want to listen to some of these newer artists that, that are influenced by the same things? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you got to ask yourself, like, what is it that you love the very most about your favorite emo or pop punk bands? Um, I broke this down on TikTok. For me, it was it was always about, uh, you know, the great pop punk melodies, like the way the vocalist sings, like the, the whiny, nasally aspect. I always mm -hmm. loved that. <laughs> um, the lyrical content. uh and then, like, those are the most important things. And you're getting all of that with emo rap and uh, with pop punk. Mm -hmm. So then you have to decide, do I absolutely need acoustic drums? Uh, and do I absolutely need, like, acoustic? Does it have to be, like, a group of people? Or is it more important that the person writing these lyrics is, like, a really fascinating and charismatic per person that, uh, you know... I guess that's that's kind of the way I break it down. And I, I realized as soon as these ra these they're not even really rappers. Like it's not a good way to classify them because they don't mm -hmm. really rap; they sing. As soon as I realized that these people were like talking about the things that I want musicians to talk about, and they're singing in the way that I want musicians to sing. Uh, that was it for me. Like I just started paying more attention to emo rap than the bands because. Uh, a lot of the bands weren't really like doing anything groundbreaking necessarily. Like they were making good music. It sounded like the music that we all grew up with, but it's like how many, like it seems every band is either recycling Blink-182 or they're recycling it. I remember, or they're recycling American football or they're recycling like the list goes on. Like mm -hmm. I just decided I just like the reasons, the reasons why I fell in love with pop punk is there was just so many, original artists that were coming out from the late 90s to the mid 2000s so that original artist aspect is really important to me and you were i was finding those to be a lot more captivating and like pushing boundaries in emo rap than like you know i mean i think hot mulligan is one of the best bands out today like best mm. new bands out today uh I, I don't know if I'm like itching to go to a hot mulligan show <laughs> as badly as I'm itching to go to like an MGK show. Sure. Um, I would definitely do anything to go to any concert today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess like if someone's like, if someone really, really likes hot mulligan, I really think they could really get into nothing nowhere. Yeah. You guys fuck with yeah. nothing nowhere. Oh, yeah, fucking love Nothing Nowhere. We fuck with, I, I yeah. fuck with Hot Mulligan and we both fuck with yeah. Nothing Nowhere. So yeah. we're all great. We all, we both yeah. also fuck with MGK. Yeah. So just, we're all good here. Yeah. You literally yeah. described Lizzie's entire taste right there. Okay, well, in one it's sense. very easy. Like, I'll just give someone the playbook if anyone's listening that is interested in emo rap. You can literally, like, stop, like, stop when you are turned off. But, like, the, the, the steps to go, you go from a, a band, uh, you do, you listen to, Nothing Nowhere. If you like Nothing Nowhere, mm -hmm. listen to MGK and Poor Stacy and Ian Dior. Mm -hmm. 
And then if you're not turned off yet, you can move on to uh, Lil Peep and Convolk and uh, Lil Lotus. Mm-hmm. And if you're not turned off yet, you can move on to Juice World and XXXTentacion. And if you're not turned off yet, you can move <laughs> on to Lil Uzi. And if you're not turned off yet, then congrats, you're a hip hop fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's your that's your one minute clip right there. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there it there is. We, go. <laughs> we can oh, add yeah. in. We'll just try to edit in like a little crystal into your forehead too, like a little Uzi. Just no, just they had to take it out, my man. They oh did. My God. They had to take it out today. Oh my <gasps> God. Poor guy. Twenty four. Seen amps. so many memes of that, or oh. I saw one meme of it, and I'm like, I'm sure I'm gonna see it a lot more now. So painful. I saw it. I'm like, that just looks like it hurts just being there. Look, my man's mm-hmm. innovating music. He can let him innovate dermatology. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously nothing nowhere being signed to Fuel by Ramen, like being yeah. a, a Pete Wentz uh, signing to yeah. the label and like push like that. Like that was where I kind of noticed like there's, there's going to be a change here. There's going to be a shifting of the mm-hmm. tides where labels that are not known for this kind of music sign yeah. artists that make this kind of music. And I, I like when nothing nowhere first came out and it was a lot more rapping, uh, but hammer is just such a fucking jam, such a fucking so jam. Good, dude. So I'm like, good. I cannot get enough of this song. I listen to it on repeat. I'm like, this is so good. Like yeah. I want this to be what fuel by ramen like does now. I want them to learn from this and I want them to do more of these kind yeah. of acts. Um, so I saw the writing on the wall there with it. And then I'm like, well, the only way that this is going to go is either there's going to be more hip hop like acts signed to these labels, or it's going to be more that these acts are hip hop, but they have more pop punk influence. And the fact that nothing nowhere then, and we can, we can probably spend the rest of the episode just talking about Travis <laughs> Barker, uh, yeah. that he teams up with Travis Barker starts making music with him and adding in more of that, like, uh, like you mentioned, acoustic drums, more instrumentation, having yeah. a band backing him up, but still doing like generally the same type of music. Just, yeah. you know, let more singing now, less of the the rapping in it, but it still is there. It's still the same artist creating something yeah. that's more influenced in, in multiple ways, I guess. It, it, it happened so quickly, dude. Like mm-hmm. emo rap first started appearing on SoundCloud in 2015. And, uh, by 2018, people knew what it was, and the gatekeepers were bitching about it. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like, oh, this is like, you know, I, I definitely don't like this. Um, and then by 2020, emo rap artists started using acoustic drums. So mm-hmm. now they're just solo emo rock artists that sometimes rap. Yep. And so basically it took like two years before... <laughs> the gatekeepers can stop bitching about it because it's punk rock again. Yep. Yep. It's so like, good. <laughs> you, you made, you made it through the worst. And yeah. now it's like, and I, I think it's awesome. Uh, like whatever music these people want to make is, is cool with me, but it just seems like there's groups of people that are just like, uh, you know, like everyone's allowed to make whatever music they want to make, but it, it does seem like there are people that are like, I have a lot of confidence in my skill set. I deserve to be not heard by thousands, but heard by millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a cool wave of things going on on SoundCloud, like 2015, 2016. So I like I don't want to be a singer in a rock band because like 
make no mistake, if Lil Peep was born 15 years earlier, you would have seen him fronting a band on Warp Tour. Yep. Yep. But like he wanted to do so he wanted to push boundaries and do something unique to him and push culture forward. And in 2015, that meant like being like kind of looking like a rapper, like you name yourself Lil Peep, so people just immediately associate you with a rapper. But like mm-hmm. if you listen to his melodies, dude, like the way he was singing was like definitely sounds like brand new or some shit. Yep. So uh and now it's just like now i i don't know if i don't know who gets the most credit i don't know if things would have happened like this if people weren't taking the risks but like mgk probably gets more credit than anyone as far as like taking this emo rap thing in a rock direction travis travis gets probably the most credit yeah (laughs) it's travis that should Uh, single-handedly carrying the pop punk emo rap scene in the yeah i mean i just i just think it's, it's such a beautiful harmony of like a veteran musician, producer, rock star personality meshing with these artists that are in MGK's case 29, but in most cases mm. 21 years old. Uh, and then you're bringing in that younger generation because the younger artist is the front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where poor Stacy, I think, is going to have a big couple of years here. Uh, and Travis is like drumming and producing for all of poor Stacy's shit, it seems like now. He just came out of the video time? yesterday. How does he have time? Dude, he, he I has, don't know. He has time to I, date Kourtney Kardashian too. So there's yeah. there's a lot of things going on in that He has so much life. fucking time. He has more hours in a day than the normal person does. I think it would have been interesting if MGK did a world tour without a pandemic. I think he would not have had time. Travis would have probably gone mm. on that tour. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we wouldn't have gotten as much video content from MGK as we did. But like, True. dude, it's just like people they really capitalized on the pandemic and the fact that they couldn't go on tour. They just, Mm -hmm. we're just going to put out a whole bunch of really dope video content. Yeah. And like, Um, like you said, if he's, if he's working with poor Stacy, it's like, do you have the opportunity now to just work with a bunch of artists and put out a lot of music? Like Travis Barker has probably put out the most music during the pandemic of any artist because he's worked with literally everyone. I think that's fair, dude. That's, that's probably true. He's the uh, the Samuel L. Jackson of the music industry. <laughs> He's in he fucking everything. Now. Yeah, he has been now. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, like just his influence on it? Like coming from Blink One Eighty Two, wanting to work with more hip hop artists. Like, what do you think about Travis Barker? Like being involved in all this. Um, you know, I think he gives he gives a unique perspective. Like he, he, a lot of these guys come in, I guess I'll just like only speak for myself. I'm the old head producer working with some younger artists mm-hmm. and like they do fuck with rock music, but it's just like, they grew up in an era where there wasn't as much rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it be, I think the MGK's, uh, and MGK and Travis, the music they're making is is making people more interested in, in incorporating guitars with distortion now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Travis even more so than myself, obviously, he just has a lot of like knowledge about like, hey, here's how to write a pop punk song. Here's how to write a, how to write a pop song for the radio, uh, and like that's that's in the studio. And then outside the studio, aesthetically, him being in the videos is key because he's just like a larger-than-life rock star. Mm-hmm. Like people want to see him on screen, 
And uh, yeah, like I said, like that with it's a perfect, perfect uh, blend where you have like Travis, the legendary rock star figure, co-signing uh, and getting like Travis gets the millennials interested and the Gen Z people are already interested in this upcoming artist. But Travis like validates that upcoming artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's been true for MGK, EMDR, Poor Stacy, Suicide Boys, uh, Young Blood. Um, there's more. Uh, I can't even name all of them <laughs> off the top of my head. But he's he's like you said, he's been so busy. Why do you think he can't write a good Blink One Eighty Two song? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's. Dude, I don't know if we'll ever see another great Blink song. I know. That's it's, so upsetting. But isn't it just surprising? It's like you write music all day, but you when's can't the, write a good song for your own fucking time, band. When's the last time you listened to a post-reunion Blink-182 song, like went on Spotify and selected it, or it came up on Shuffle and then you play it? Like, I haven't gone back to Nine. I haven't gone back to California. I haven't gone back to Neighborhoods. I literally have. I, I literally only listen to the self-titled record. That's the only Blink One Eighty Two record facts, that I enjoy dude. from front to back. Yeah, at this stage, the only in life, one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, we actually just played it on our our stream. We did like an album play of it. And we're just like, man, this record goes so fucking hard, which is why it I was so still excited. Holds up, dude. It, it still, still holds, holds up. up. It's it's got all of these influences, and I, I loved what you were saying on TikTok about Jerry Finn because he did all of this shit with them. And uh, uh, and brought all this production into it that like I didn't even connect from like early two thousands you know mid two thousands into what we're listening to now yeah. and all the shit that like he taught these artists like uh, like Blink like AFI like Alkaline Trio and what mm-hmm. like that then brought into the future and what Travis is now teaching other people I'm like holy shit this makes so much the sense the torch has been passed dude yeah like- it just makes so much sense. But like, why can't you do it? Why can't you and Mark do it? <laughs> well, yeah, I think that that is exactly why Jerry's the best. I think it, it, his legacy is enhanced by how mediocre these Blink albums have been. Yeah, uh, you know, they thought they thought they could just the three of them, and they weren't even in the same state or city. I mm. think Tom was in San Diego when they recorded Neighborhoods, and the other guys were in LA. Mm-hmm. they're just like we're just going to self-produce this record and like obviously in hindsight they didn't do that well and there's a reason why they recruited feldman to recruit their other stuff mm-hmm. or produce their other stuff um yeah it's like they they clearly would have just had jerry do it like yeah. and he's just like Tom, mark is like he was the invisible fourth member of blink 182 so it's like yeah. they wouldn't have even had a discussion and jerry would have like called them out on a lot of their bullshit like hey you guys can't write a cohesive album if you're not in the same, not in the same city. Yeah. You guys need to be in the same room. Uh, Tom, you got to get over yourself <laughs> and, uh, you know, give us something like that's a little bit catchy. Like not that you can't write a gritty Blink-182 album. Like that's okay. But like, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I I don't know what the roadmap to success would have been on neighborhoods. That's not for me to decide. That would have been for Jerry to figure out. Yeah. yeah. If you want, we can also talk shit about John Feldman because I He really don't, hates John Feldman. I really don't care for John Feldman's yeah. production. No, it's been bad. Now are you are you anti Goldfinger? 
I don't hate Goldfinger. I think Goldfinger's fine. Yeah, Goldfinger's uh, and there are records he's done. He did the the first couple used records I thought were great. Um, I think uh, Panics, Vices, and Virtues is great. Okay. Um, I'm I'm missing a number of records that he has done. Uh, in in just like I, I've listened to them and I'm like, man, w- you must have better records than this. You must be able to do better things than this in the future. But like. He just hasn't done anything good since those records I just mentioned for me. Like, I, I can't get into any of it. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. Like, the only person that's producing good punk-adjacent music is Travis Barker. And as we yeah. learned that, <laughs> as we learned that uh, Blink needs a fourth voice in the studio, at yeah. least a fourth voice. The, the self-titled album had Jerry as the main producer, but uh, Tom Lord Algae was mixing a lot of... Mm our favorite songs like obvious in like down. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I wonder who made a lot of those creative decisions. You know, it's like obvious. Yeah. There's just like, there's like dozens of things going on that are not guitar, bass and drums in the song. Obvious. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder how many of the, I think those were mostly decided by Jerry, but like, I don't know. Tom Lord Algae was the mixing engineer, but like, that's why the album is so good. You literally have my favorite rock producer of all time and my second favorite rock producer of all time mm-hmm. and other producers were contributing to this album. That's why it's my favorite rock album of all time. Yeah. What do you think about the producer's role? Like overall, do you think like, like obviously Jerry Finn and John Feldman in different ways have like that role in the studio. But do you think that like now that Travis is working with artists that are up and coming that maybe don't have a lot of experience being in a studio do you mm-hmm. think it's like Travis is bringing a lot to it and the artist is just kind of there? Or do you think that like there is a certain magic that's happening because Travis is working with really strong artists in the first place? Like was Blink bad, but then a producer made them good and then they got bad again because the producer wasn't around anymore? Or do you think yeah. that like like Travis is good and the artist is good and that's why Travis working with these artists is so good? That's really hard for me to answer, dude. I'm probably gonna have to leave that unanswered, and I'll tell you why. Like, let's, let's, let's leave it as a cliffhanger here. I like they're, it. <laughs> they're they're uh, these emo rappers. I don't know. Like, I think poor Stacy is a musician. I don't know a lot about him. I I assume he probably plays guitar. Uh, I don't know if he's playing guitar in his records or if like other musicians are playing guitar. Uh, I'm assuming Travis probably is playing guitar in some of these songs that he produced. That's the like when I produce songs, I, I'm playing guitar on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like some of poor Stacey's songs, uh, like he, my favorite song by him is Makeup, which is produced by Nick Mira from Internet Money, who is most famously known for discovering Juice World and producing like mm-hmm. 70% of Juice World's songs. Um, so, like, that song sounds like an, it's an emo rap song, it's not a rock song. Um, but poor Stacey's stuff has more recently become rock. So, it's like, that whole evolution we haven't really seen rappers switch to rock so it's like really hard for me to understand like i don't even i can't even speculate who's playing the guitars in the studio Mm. so to bring it back to your question like what role does the producer play in helping them like make good music like like (laughs) are they are they are they right like they're they're obviously poor stacy and these other guys ian dior they're obviously writing their lyrics and their melodies uh but like in emo rap or rap music it's usually like 
the producer makes the beat and then the rapper is like, I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh, this beat right here. Yeah, I fuck with that. Uh, I'm going to write to this one. So like most rappers, they didn't really have a ton of creative input on the instrumentals of their album. Uh, so we're seeing rappers evolve into rock stars and it's going to, uh, it's, it probably varies person to person how much the, the lead vocalist is doing from a instrumental songwriting standpoint. Mm -hmm. And that translates to like, I wonder how much the producer is doing. Cause in rap, the producer writes 100% of the instrumentals in rock. The producer writes, you know, maybe, maybe 5% of the instrumentals. Like, I don't know how much Jerry wrote instrumentally on the Blink album. So it's probably mostly not. I just wanted to ask just about you who, you know, you, what you do for your own like production engineering business, because you said that you were able to like quit, quit your other job and just mm -hmm. kind of do this full time, which is really cool and kind of like yeah. a new dream to be able to do your art fully by yourself, 100 yeah. percent, especially during this terrible, you know, last <laughs> year and a half. Yeah. Um, so how has that how did that kind of like work? your way towards there and how has it been working out now and who are some people that you are collaborating with? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's exciting. There are days where I'm just like, wow, like I'm finally living the lifestyle that I always wanted. It's super dope. And then there's other days <laughs> where I'm just like, I, uh, I don't know what my finances are going to look like a month from now or three months from now. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty unstable. Um, if, you know, if things got really bad, I could get another job. Um, but basically I'm trying to wear a couple of different hats right now. I've got my streetwear. I'll show the streetwear to the, <laughs> literally, so this, uh, is, this is the, uh, literally wearing a hat. one of my, uh, embroidery designs. Mm. So I got, uh, beanies. Um, it's a little bit dark, so it's kind of hard to show off the shirts, but yeah, basically I'm, I'm thinking, uh, the streetwear will be, you know, a portion of my income in 2020 and uh, selling beats online. Everything I've read online, it's like, Hey, this is a relatively new industry, but there's, you know, there's like $30 million to be made annually. Um, and you just got to be able to seize like 0.01% of that market cap and you're making 30 K and selling beats online. Damn. So, uh, doing that, uh, basically it's just like, Hey, you can get to six figures, but the people that have made it to six figures, it took them like five, six, seven years to do that. And they made like jack shit their first two years. So, you know, gotta start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, I have a beat store online, everything like, like if anyone on this feed is like interested in following me, you can check me out on Instagram. And then I have a link tree in my bio that has everything. So like, obviously we've talked about my TikTok. We've talked about, uh, the playlist that I made that people like. Um, and then if you are a rapper or a singer and you want to buy beats from me, you can find my website in my link tree. Uh, and then if anyone is like, Hey, I like this beat. I want to like make a song over it. Can you like mix my vocals and do, do the master? Like I've done that for artists as well. And that's, mm. that's where it gets really fun. Cause it's like, it feels like I executive produced this whole song. So like you can check out the song cold hearted by dready snapped and OMG Brody. He's super talented singer. Uh, he's a little bit like, 
uh, he he's really influenced by uh, a lot of the emo rappers, but I would say he is a little bit more of like a emo pop, uh, is what he calls himself. He has a little bit of an R and B type vibe too. Um, so yeah, check out the song "Cold Hearted" by OMG Brody and Ready Snapped. Um, basically, that's a song where I made the guitar. I, I wrote the guitar riff. Uh, I made the drums. He wrote the lyrics. I helped him refine a couple things, make the chorus a little bit more defined. Um, because you know, he, he's 22, 21. And I think that's where like me being in a band, I know how to structure a song, like the pop punk formula way where it's like, all right, here's the intro, here's the verse, here's the chorus, here's the verse, here's the chorus. And then like a lot of these artists that I work with are just like, I have these lyrics that are just flowing out of me. And it's just like, I kind of help them just like put them in the right place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, if anyone wants to stay tapped in, definitely follow my Instagram. I should have, uh, a song called Jerry Maguire that Tripsky is releasing on <laughs> February 26th. I produced that. Um, and then I have OMG Brody's song. What's it called? Uh, Burberry sweater. I mixed his vocals and engineered that one. Uh, that comes out on February 19th on all platforms. And then I have a song called Hit Different with Milligram that's going to come out uh, early April or late March. Um, and then I'm also working with, I think they're actually a Chicago-based group. Uh, they're called Same Wave. Uh, so if you have any Chicago listeners, Lizzie, check out, heard of them. Sa yeah, check out <laughs> yeah, Same Wave. I have not, but we will after We this. will hear about them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, S-A-M-E dot W-A-V. Uh, basically they're an emo rap duo. I just, I like their song and I found on a playlist somewhere and I just DM them and I was just like, yo guys, I like fuck with your song. Uh, and then we just started talking and then I get, they're just exactly like me. Like they're just like, they just grew up on pop punk and like, we mm -hmm. just like nerd out over like the story so far and real friends and stuff. And then like, they're just like, well, yeah, like we'd love to get a producer that can like produce punk type vocals again. So it's like, they're like, it's kind of an emo rap vibe, but like they kind of want to go in a little bit more of a punk direction. You're seeing a theme here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm mean, really excited. They're going to be, they're flying in from Chicago and uh, they've got some other friends here in San Diego, but they're coming in uh, and recording all my stuff on Saturday morning. So look out for uh, music from Same Wave, uh, mid-2020, mid-2021, excuse me. Nice. I love that. Yeah. That's I'm, awesome. uh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of your plugs too, but, uh, we'll, we'll definitely put all the links down, uh, in the show notes on this and yeah. on YouTube when it's posted. So, uh, yeah. definitely check out everything. Check out the playlist. If you're like, I yeah. need some, some new music that hits. Yeah. And I didn't really plug my original music, which is kind of, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> I, I just true. got, uh, I recently climbed back up in listeners, which is awesome. I just hit 500 monthly listeners on Spotify. It's something crazy, oh, yeah. but, um check out dready snapped on spotify i have six original songs most of them are collabs with their artists but uh i sing on some of them so nice Ooh. yep hell yeah um well yeah is, is there anything else we should hit before we end the episode then that's all i had to plug uh all right yeah then uh we'll close the episode here we'll keep hanging on twitch for a little while so if you are in the chat hang out, ask some questions and we will talk about, uh, whatever subject you got. 
And uh, for all those listening on the podcast, uh, thank you for checking it out. Please check out Dreddy Snapped on all the socials. Definitely check out his TikToks if you want to learn more about emo hip hop or just music in general. Honestly, like, yeah, yeah. it's 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 great. Res- it's a great resource. It's uh, a lot of good music. And check out all of the original music over on Spotify and wherever else you listen to music. Uh, Dreddy, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, thank yep. you. I'll talk to you soon, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thanks for hanging yeah, out. Yeah, it was. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, we talked for quite a bit on on twitch afterwards uh with everybody in the in the chat so if you're if you're not following us if you're not there if you're not joining us like you're really missing out on like yeah it's big boo-boo chat. energy on your part big whatever she said big boo-boo energy. i'm not saying that i'm not saying that okay i'm an, I'm an adult man and i cannot show weakness <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you for hanging out. And if you uh, if you liked it, if you liked what you heard, like, comment, subscribe on literally every platform. We cannot tell you how much it helps us. Lizzie and I are trying to game algorithms on a hundred different social medias. And if you could just take a second out of your day and uh, and send us some support on whichever one you choose, we would really appreciate that. It means more than you can understand. You can understand you. it. It doesn't mean more than you can understand. <laughs> We'll be back next Monday with a new podcast episode. We'll see you then. From all of us here at Emo Social Club, I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. We'll see you next week. And goodbye! Maybe I thought that was going to take a little bit longer to say. Maybe I wasn't ready for it. Maybe it wasn't going to happen on time. We don't know. But the thing is, we learned and we adapt like a chameleon. (laughs) What? We learn. What are you talking we about? <laughs> You're losing it. You're losing it. I'm having a great time. <laughs>